It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every 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 day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. On today's episode, we're going to talk Minnesota sports greatness. Who's the Tiger Woods in Minnesota, in your opinion? We're going to talk to Courtney Cronin from ESPN, get her Bears, Vikings, Lions, and Packers takes. We're also going to do the Daily Three, of course. But first, a word from our sponsors. With the ever-increasing numbers that makes that make makes and models different in every car, it is now impossible for a local chain to carry every single part you need. Why endure that time of a person taking all day behind a computer trying to figure out which part do you need? Do I have an LX? Do I have an EX? Do I have an EXT? Is my Escalade a hybrid or do I need premium gas? These are things that you can go on rockauto.com to figure out. Every warehouse for a local or a national chain is gonna carry a specific part. Well, with your computer, you can access rockauto.com at home or in your pocket with your cell phone. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a dealership that you can just go on rockauto.com and get? I know when I needed brakes and I needed an oil change, the savings was a huge difference by going to Rock Auto versus going to a local dealership. Rock Auto is a family-owned business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, lamp lights, motor oil, even carpet. Think about your kids. I have kids. I know my carpet needs to be changed. Rock Auto is going to be my place to go because kids, they have to chew gum. They have to drop it on the floor, and suckers never stop sticking. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Well, like we said, we're going to talk about the Tiger Woods of Minnesota. And before we do that, let's bring in Sam, our producer. Sam. In Minnesota, everybody loves their athletes. Everybody loves the Lindsey Whalens. She's an HOFer now. Um, everybody loves, you know, the Stefan Diggs, even though he left. And so when I, the question was posed, you look at the Masters right now and the crowds. I know I tweeted out a picture, that's three Ron Johnson on Twitter, of Tiger Woods teeing off. And I asked my followers, who would be able to tee off during this mayhem of people standing there. And the responses are hilarious. I mean, the number of people that said they would hit people in their junk, they would take out shins, kneecaps. One guy circled the, the mezzanine about 100 yards to the left that was watching a different green and said, those people aren't even safe when I'm golfing. And so I thought about the crowds. You know, people, I saw somebody tweet that Tiger Woods doesn't move the needle. He is the needle when it comes to golf. And that's true. So. The question was posed to me, in Minnesota, who moves the needle like that? 
And this is my problem. Randy Moss now, yes. So I think if you were to put Randy Moss in today's social media era, he never left Minnesota. Uh, he, he, he stayed a, a Viking his entire career. I think Randy Moss is there. But the fact that he left, you know, he went on with Tom Brady. He went on to the Raiders. Um, there's, there's a little bit of a doubt in that. Yes, people love Randy Moss. Uh, yes, he was great to see. Uh, you look at Torrey Hunter. You look at Adrian Peterson. Um, I think some people are always going to look at Adrian Peterson after the fact. Like, yes, Adrian Peterson was must-see TV. But if there was an athlete, I would say we would throw back in Minnesota right now, and, and, and they were about to play, and who would garner the most attention? I got a dark horse for you. Maya Moore. You got to think about this. She was the Lynx all-time everything. She is one of the best. She's the Michael Jordan on the court next to Diana Taurasi, who I guess would be Larry Bird. Uh, or Sue Bird would be Larry Bird. No, Sue Bird would be John Stockton. But when you think about Maya Moore and what she went through, the social justice, quitting to get her husband, who at the time her friend, who she ended up falling in love with, out of jail because he was innocent. He ended up being innocent after the Innocence Project went through the evidence and found DNA that was not his. That if you look back on that, uh, a, a, another man of color being wrongly convicted. And it's not just people of color as well. I mean, there are, are, are white people, black people. I mean, there are a lot of people that get convicted uh, for, for, for committing a crime they did not commit. And so I think the simple fact if Maya Moore were to come back and were to say, I'm going to strap these shoes up, I'm going to put the jersey on, I'm going to lace them up, I feel like she would move the needle for the simple fact of what is going to follow her. The crowds, the ESPN people wanting to know about her story and her husband being at the game and, and, and his the, the, the amount of attention he would garner uh, saying that she loved you enough to walk away from basketball, but now she's back. Just like if Jordan, you know, when he sent that message out, I'm back. If Maya Moore were to do something like that, it would be historic, in my opinion. Uh, one more, I think, come back to Minnesota would be if somehow Stefan Diggs ends up back in Minnesota. I think people would love to see that uh, energy. Uh, I don't think it's always about greatness because Tiger Woods is great, but also it's the story of him being hurt, coming back from a car accident and all the things he's been through. I think that's what moves the needle as well. People just want to see because I've always heard this. Every fan is not hoping you succeed. And I think that's where the Tiger Woods is too. There are a lot of people watching Tiger hoping he crumbles and hoping that he's a shell of himself. Um, I, I think there would be some people out there that if, if, if that were to be Stefan Diggs coming back, there would be some people that uh, he, he's, he was never that good, blah, blah, blah. And we'll get into that later with the Daily Three about Justin Jefferson versus Stefan Diggs. But that's my person. I would say Maya Moore would move the needle in Minnesota. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I like that because she's one of the greatest champions that this market has ever seen, arguably the best player in the league in her prime. The, the crazy thing about stars is they often start as heroes and rarely are the endings not complicated. Think about mm -hmm. Randy Moss. There was a trade. He came back. There was beef. Um, he wasn't in really good standing with the organization. Um, Kirby Puckett's career ended with an eye injury. He was forced to retire. Um, Kevin Garnett still has bad blood with the organization. Um, and, and even the ending of Maya Moore's career thus far with the Lynx, it, it, her motives were good, but it was complicated, mm -hmm. right? It's hard to be a yeah. Tim Duncan or a Kobe Bryant where you literally go out on top with the same team you started, um, no bad blood. That's hard to do. And But the thing about Minnesota is we love the comeback story. Um, and just like Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, 
he, he, you know, had his transgressions. He took a break from the game due to injury, but people always stood by him and were willing to accept him back. And in Minnesota, they had open arms for KG. They had open arms for Torrey Hunter. They had open arms for Randy Moss when he circled back. So if Moore became the latest comeback story, yeah, that would move the needle. And people support the Lynx here in this town. Uh, my personal opinion as someone who, who grew up watching sports in the 90s and 2000s, I'm not sure anybody had more of an impact on this town than Randy Moss. I think Randy Moss yeah, made this a yeah. football town single-handedly. Um, and I think like no one created a roar more than Moss. Um, so to me, he is the tiger. He is the, the deity of Minnesota sports, at least in, in the modern era. Um, but I, I like that Maya angle. That's pretty strong. Yeah, and so when you think about, uh, like you said, the the way some of these careers ended, I in my head, I mean, of course, I'm wearing an Avengers shirt, so it has nothing to do with DC. Don't think I don't know that, people. Marvel versus DC, I'm all in it. Um, but I think Batman and the Joker said it best. You know, I think it was when it was Two-Face versus Joker in that newest movie, and he said, or versus Batman, and he said, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. And I think that's where sports uh, athletes are sometimes. You can either play and go out a hero, or you can play long enough to eventually become a villain. And I think that's the problem too, is some people go out injured, they die heroes in this game. You know, like you said, Kirby Puckett. But Randy Moss, he kind of became a villain. You know, people weren't, even though he didn't have anything to do with his trade, Stefan Diggs, he definitely became a villain. You know, like he he he's played long enough now. He's going to retire Buffalo Bill, but Minnesota Vikings fans are going to tweet at him. He could tweet, "Great day today, sunshine shining, uh, birds are chirping," you know, all that, and somebody is going to say, "Yeah, Justin Jefferson's better than you, though." Like it is literally like that man can't tweet anything without Vikings fans having an attitude with him. So he definitely his career here died a villain. But up next, Courtney Cronin, ESPN's do-it-all. She was the lead person for the Vikings. Now she's been traded to the Bears. We're going to get her takes about what Spice Adams said and then also the state of the NFC North. But first, a word from our sponsor. BetOnline.net, still your number one source for all your betting needs. Timberwolves minus 8.5 tonight against San Antonio at home. I like that line as they bounce back from a wake-up call against the Wizards. BetOnline.net, get all of your Masters Championship odds. That tournament is now underway. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information. They've also got eSports. BetOnline, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. And as promised on the Ron Johnson Show, we have Courtney Cronin, do-it-all ESPNer. Vikings fans, that's where you know her from. She covered the Vikings. She broke tons of stories. She was BFFs with the kicker. No, she wasn't. But she had a lot of takes that, for some reason, the fans could never get over. Courtney Cronin, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having and me. Courtney, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right into this, Courtney. So I heard you on KFAN talk about the quarterback situation in Minnesota and Vikings fans for some reason were not happy with that. Uh, Spice Adams says that he thinks Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback. What are your thoughts now on them extending Kirk 
again because I know you had some things to say about that. Yeah, I think that it was a move that was predetermined before they hired a new staff with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell. I think that this is a direction that leadership wants to go in leadership and ownership combined because they still think that they have a really good roster and that this roster is capable of getting a few different pieces, moving a few things around and contending in the NFC North. I mean, they've got the second best win total behind the Green Bay Packers. And then there's such a gap between Minnesota and teams like Chicago and Detroit that they still feel that this is their window to win. They've got a ton of star playmakers on offense between Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. You're going to get Irv Smith back this year. So I feel like the Vikings look at this now and say the problem in 2021 was coaching and the leadership in the front office. It's very clear that, that, that that's where they're pinning the blame for every shortcoming that happened in 2021 and really in 2020 back-to-back losing seasons. So they extend Kirk Cousins on this one-year deal and give him, you know, a lot of leverage by adding the no trade clause back into his contract. As you'll remember, the extension he was just on did not have that in. And I think that they're trying to run it back and say, okay, let's see what a change in coaching. Let's see what a change in scheme and mindset can do for Kirk Cousins. So it'll truly be the test this year to find out if he really is indeed that top 10 quarterback that some people tend to think he is, or if this team will not necessarily get over the hump with Cousins at quarterback and might want to look towards a different option in the future. Like this will be that, you know, that year where you can find that answer out uh, depending upon how the season goes in 2022. Yeah, and former Bears defensive lineman Spice Adams, as well as Alex Brown, um, I asked them about Justin Fields. Spice on the show, Alex aside from that, but I asked him on the show about Justin Fields versus Kirk Cousins. You know, and there's a lot of quarterbacks people would trade their quarterback for, you know, the upper echelon. You look at Tom Brady, you look at Drew Brees, you look at Aaron Rodgers. Um, I would even say throw Russell Wilson in there for a lot of people. They would take those quarterbacks over the current quarterback they have. But when you look at Justin Fields and I asked Spice, would you take Kirk over Justin? He said no because of the money. He said if that wasn't 30 million ish out there, he said for sure because Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback. Is that kind of the same mindset you think you would have in that situation now that you're, you know, in the Bears organ, you know, around the Bears organization? Do you think that Kirk Cousins does bring you more if the money was down to let's say 15 million than a Justin Fields would? Potentially, but we also don't know like what Justin Fields is yet. Like this year is his mm-hmm. rookie season, and I think that you can give that, you know, chalk that up for Trevor Lawrence as well, because, right, we're giving yep. we're giving Jacksonville a mulligan. So I feel like given the situation in Chicago as well, where you have an entire staff that was just fired and a new staff brought in, this is the year where you get to start answering some of those questions about Justin Fields yeah. and is he going to be your franchise guy? But you're not going to know that after the 2022 season. Like, it's going to take two years to figure that out, which when we talk financials, Ron, having a rookie quarterback – a quarterback on his rookie deal, that that benefits you because you can build around him still. And this is a talent-deficient yeah. team. Like, that just is what it is. Like, there's no offensive line. There's very few receivers that, you know, are proven talents uh, for Justin Fields to throw to. And, I mean, like, defensively, they're retooling as well. So you you can look at it through that lens. I just I think – I don't think they're parallel situations whatsoever between Chicago and Minnesota. I mean – it is interesting because there's brand new staffs in both place, places, both mm-hmm. in the coaching staff and the front office. So we'll see who's 
plan works out better in terms of Chicago ripping it down to the studs. That's what they're doing. They have 57 players under contract right now. Like they, they have a lot of work to do and it's not going to take one year. It's probably going to take two to three years to get to the point where you're even competitive, but the Vikings are trying to run it back and say, okay, our plan is to not rip it down to the studs. It's to try to insulate the quarterback and, you know, add a couple pieces here and there, bolster the pass rush. I really did like the Zadarius Smith signing, but we'll see if it all pans out. And if you have a quarterback that costs as much as Kirk Cousins, will that, you know, we know that they were still able to make some signings in free agency. And that's obviously like a good thing for this front office to pull off those moves. But if at the end you're still an eight and nine team, and you can, whether you want to, you know, whether you're going to look at this and say, okay, the, the the blame this year can go on the quarterback or it goes elsewhere. Like you're still at eight and nine team. Like that's the thing that I don't mm-hmm. understand. Um, you know, when, when people get upset about that and the Kirk Cousins, you know, very polarizing conversation that happens around the quarterback. If you're not winning games and if you're not like at a point where you're making the playoffs and making the, a deep push in the playoffs, then you have to look at how you're allocating resources and figuring out, okay, does the road end here? Cause he's only going to get more and more expensive. Like that's the thing. Like he's a good quarterback. No one has ever said he's not, but the price tag and what that reflects in terms of wins and how far you get in the postseason, sometimes those things don't line up. So yeah, like in theory, would you like to hit on a rookie quarterback in the draft and carry that guy through, sign him to an extension after you pick up, maybe let's say he's a first rounder, you pick up his fifth year option, the whole thing. Yeah, that's the dream, but like that's just not realistic for a lot of franchises. Like the hit rate on these players is not like a hundred percent. It's not even fifty percent most times. So I think you're mm-hmm. rolling the dice there. And you know, Chicago, I think it's fair to say he's probably the most important draft pick in franchise history because they have not mm-hmm. ever been able to get the quarterback position right. And like that's that's not an exaggeration. Like their last franchise quarterback was Sid Luckman. Like, they have not had stability. They've always been constantly turning this thing over for 50 years. Like, that's Vikings fans are lucky because they know that they have not dealt with those same sort of circumstances, and it's just different. So everything now needs to be geared to the quarterback in Chicago so they can finally get out of this. Yeah, I mean, and the word lucky for Vikings fans, I think, I think I'm going to – toe the line because I mean the the like you said the Bears looking at the Vikings like man look at your quarterback situation but the Vikings looking at the Packers like they've only had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre uh, as long as I can remember and so when you think about the NFC North and you think about where it kind of plays out now uh, you have three teams potentially you know two for sure most likely the Bears as well will stay in it a three four defense and so now you look at the Ravens, Steelers, and that 3-4 defense and kind of how team – has the NFC North, are they starting to, you know, maybe get into that AFC North where it's going to kind of start to be more of a cannibalizing each other versus a, you know, dominant team, second team, and the other two lowers? Because when you look at the AFC North, the Ravens, the Steelers, uh, the Browns even now, and then, of course, the Bengals, I mean, any of those four – well, at least the Steelers, we'll see what happens with them. But in the past, you know, any of those four – uh, the past like two years, I'd say, could could be in the playoffs. Do you think the with the Lions, you know, Campbell getting another year now, do you think the NFC North has a chance to become that where, you know, any of the four have a chance to be in the playoffs? No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I think that the Lions and the Bears are so far away from, like this is such a top-heavy division. It's Green Bay, yeah, and then like it's Minnesota, and then there's like a humongous drop-off between 
the Bears and the Lions. Like if you look at like if you're looking at it based on win totals that came out last week, Green Bay's at eleven and a half. They're like top of the NFC yep. with with the Buccaneers. The NFC itself is very top heavy. It's like four teams and then another big drop off. So I yep. think that it's it's structured the way that you'd expect it to be when you still have Aaron Rodgers in this division. And yeah, I understand that Devonte Adams doesn't play here anymore. I don't think that's as much of a franchise altering or, you know, a division altering move could be a franchise altering mm-hmm. move. But like, look what happened when the Vikings traded Stefan Diggs. they went out and they got Justin Jefferson and you know what the passing yeah. game that season was fine. So I think that they, there's yeah. ways to, you have to address it. You can't be stagnant and complacent and say, okay, well, you're not going to, replace Devonte adams with the high round draft pick or somebody who's just as talented and rely on alan lazard and randall cobb if he's still going to play this season but anyways like i just look at this and i see two teams you know one team that's a, the clear cut head and shoulders above everyone else that's green bay and then minnesota trying to say hey we still see a window for ourselves here to yep. establish dominance in this division because them establishing dominance though over like the bears and the lions like congratulations that's not it's not a huge accomplishment. The Lions are still like on the ground floor trying to build this thing. And I think that Dan Campbell will eventually be successful there. I mean, you you see guys want to play for him and you see that this team is starting the retu- the rebuilding process because they now have high draft capital. And with that mm-hmm. number two pick, if they go take a quarterback, I think that would be the wisest thing that they could do. If they get Aiden Hutchinson, still also a very good pick and they can address the quarterback. 32nd overall but if you want Malik Willis go get him at two because he's not going to be there at 32. The Bears though are so far away like they might be honestly they might be last in the division this year just based on what you expect from this Mm -hmm. roster there's a lot of talent deficiencies here and there's a lot of a lot of moves that they still have to make. Well a fun question for you to finish this out you were one of the most polarizing Twitter accounts in Minnesota your time here I don't know why you, you people loved you and then there were dudes that absolutely hated you and they would make the most misogynist tweets I've ever seen in my life. Um, I had to defend you and I don't need to defend you. You could defend yourself, but sometimes I would even jump in because it, it gets ridiculous how I see people make these comments. And so when you look at Bears Twitter, now you've only been there for a month, is mm-hmm. Bears Twitter as volatile as Vikings Twitter? It's different. Um... These fans are so deprived of winning seasons. And yeah, I know that they made the playoffs in the 2018 season in 2020. This team has gone mm. nowhere. So I think that the um, the pitchforks have already come out because Bears fans have seen other teams around the NFL make a lot of moves during free agency. And they see Ryan Poles yeah. in the front office staying put. And, you know, people are people are aggressive and I think that I I can understand it, but this is a big market. Like that's what people have to realize Like the difference when you go around the NFC North, like Chicago's Mm -hmm. the biggest city in the NFC North. And it's like the number three or four media market in the country. You're going to have really aggressive journalists trying to hold teams accountable. And you're going to have a really aggressive fan base. Like that's, that's the way it's always been down here. So like when I came onto the beat and I've written, you know, you're, you're right. I've been here for about like a month and a half now. Like everything I've written, you know, you'll get people. Like, all I'm doing is reporting what people have said and, you know, like explaining right. the process and analyzing things. But you have people who like will look at that and be and, you know, be so critical of what the Bears are doing that and, and they're not afraid to voice it. And I can understand that. I think that it's not necessarily like personal attacks on like people covering the team. It's just more that they are so incensed by 
the lack of moves and Larry Ogunjobi, like just like the calamity of errors for this team in the offseason with Larry Ogunjobi failing his physical and, you know, they can't even land a backup guard from Buffalo uh, when Ryan Bates ended up, you know, signing the offer sheet from the Bills to, to stay over the one that he got from the Chicago uh, from the Chicago Bears. Like Buffalo matched it, and it's like, okay, well, then you're back at square square one on on the offensive line. So I mean, there's definitely a lot of frustration, but I haven't, you know, I think you've got to got to tread lightly when you first get onto a new beat to like learn the fan base, learn what take temperature of it, learn what makes people tick. Um, but I certainly, I, I will always love my interactions with Vikings Twitter and I uh, don't plan on stopping those. <laughs> well, Courtney, thank you. We look forward to seeing your discussions with Vikings Twitter. That's Courtney Cronin, ESPN. Coming up next, the Daily Three. Jumping into it, Daily Three, Ron, the Frozen is today the Gophers play the Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks the semifinals of college hockey so Ron you're not a huge hockey fan but you are a gopher so are you locked in to the Gophers Mavericks tonight especially because it's an in-state rivalry um when you host a TV show or radio show or whatever, you kind of have to have your finger on the pulse a little bit. So I, I have been tuned into like the brackets because I looked at other people's brackets and everybody was so up in arms about their hockey bracket. And how could you put, you know, why isn't St. Cloud up in your bracket? And how come, you know, why do you think the Bulldogs aren't better than the Gophers? Blah, blah. Well, now it's down to the Gophers and Mankato State. Technically, as everybody would say, two hockey blue buds. You look at Minnesota. I mean, they have a seventh and eighth grader committed to to skate at the University of Minnesota. So it's aggressive here when it comes to hockey. Um, so yes, you know, in true Mighty Ducks fashion, I always like to watch the playoffs and exciting games. Um, I love to see you know Twitter erupt when there's a bad call by a ref or something. You know, happens doesn't happen the way they want it to. Uh, but I'm gonna go for the Gophers, of course. Like. You know, and I'm hoping they win so that I can tweet to Adam Thielen, um, ha, 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 in your face. But, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I am definitely supporting the Gophers. I think from a program standpoint, it's big. We know P.J. Flex is going to come out with some row the boat, you know, congratulations or, 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 or get ready for tonight for the Gophers because he, he supports all the sports, which I think is huge, uh, where his players are involved in it. You see other sports getting involved in it. You see Viking or uh, Gophers football, basketball, and baseball Twitter, you know, on the side of Gophers hockey Twitter. So just the atmosphere and the energy around it. Yes, I am going to watch it. Um, I'm not going to be like glued to my TV. Uh, I do have kids and I have things to do, but I am going to watch it. You know, it's going to be on in the living room, probably most likely, because that's kind of the one spot I constantly walk through. Um, but other than that, you know, it, it's, it's playoffs. It's, it's final four. Now that basketball is done, it's time for hockey. And of course, anytime I can cheer for the Gophers, I'm going to do it. And this is one. So, of course, the Mavericks last year were the team that eliminated the Gophers. And if I recall, it wasn't close. Um, so yep. my side job, Ron, I announced St. Thomas hockey. St. Thomas played okay. Mankato six times this year. So I saw the Mavericks in person six times. I think the Gophers are in for an absolute dogfight. I, I don't know if there's a better team than this Minnesota State team. Hate to admit it to Adam Thielen, but I think his club is pretty good. Um, I think it would be an upset, honestly. Like, I know the Gophers have ended the season really strongly. They got to this point. I think the Mavericks are just cream of the crop, to be honest with you. So I, I would yeah, consider like it a mild upset. 
Yeah. Like Iceland versus the U.S. I mean, everybody thought that Iceland was going to beat the Mighty Ducks. And then what happens? You know, Ducks fly together. Gophers, I don't know what they do together, but they're going to do it together tonight. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It, it, it's all every sport is about momentum and swagger and energy. Once the Gophers, like if it's close, I like you said, they're going to be in for a dogfight. But if it's close or the Gophers have a lead after the first period, I think that becomes a mental hurdle that they're like, oh, OK, like we can win this. And then for Mankato State is, do you play tight? You know, are you pushing it now? Are you taking shots on goal that are unnecessary because you're forcing the issue? And everybody always says the the team with the most shots on goal ends up winning or has the better chance of winning. Um, but are you taking bad shots? And I think that's going to be the key to this game. Tonight. All right, breaking news just before this show recording began. The Minnesota Twins have made a mm -hmm. trade for a starting pitcher, Chris Paddock. From the Padres, 25-year-old right-hander. He's got a career record of 20 and 19, ERA of 4.21. Young, uh, solid right-handed pitcher. Twins give up a reliever and uh, Brent Rooker, their outfield prospect in exchange. Ron, is it too little too late for the Twins to, to solve this pitching staff and bolster their pitching ranks? Because I know that's been a weak spot for them this offseason. Yeah, I know last year I saw some weird, like, random, you know, infielders pitching one inning just to get through an inning. Um, so the, the problem is you can't do that again. Now, is it too little too late? No. I mean, you have 162 games. Uh, the one thing about baseball, just like basketball, like, you know, you look at the Brooklyn Nets and the 76ers and these late trades that happen and, you know, people, same thing. Is it too little too late for the Nets or is it too little for late? No. Sports, that's the one great equalizer about sports. Again, I go back to swagger. It's about who can come out and feel like they have a chance. And if you give this team a chance, I'm constantly seeing Buxton and uh, Correa, Correa pitchers together now, you know, and, and, and they ask Carlos Correa, whose team is this? Is this your team? And he's like, no, this is still Buxton's team. I'm just here to help them win. And I think when you add another pitcher to the bullpen, and again, who knows if he's actually going to even go out there and do what he's supposed to do. But if he shows any semblance or resemblance of a good pitcher and can get some quality games in um, with the, the hitting they're going to have, or at least hopefully they're going to have, they stay healthy. Like I said, I, I'm going back to that 90 to 95 wins. This is a team that can pull it off. But again, it's about swagger and then comfortability. If you make your pitcher comfortable, meaning he always feels like if I can keep this to a low one score game um, or, you know, not no runs, no runs is great, but a one to two run game. And you feel like you have enough hitting that you feel like we're going to win these games six to two, six to three. And I don't have to worry about throwing no hitters. That's another thing. Like any pitcher that can walk up on the mound and feel like I got this. Cause I know like that's, I think that's what Yankees pitchers have always had. Yes. They're great. We know that not doubting that, but they've always had great, hitting they've always been able to put up points in bunches you know and and when you have a guy like Aaron Judge coming up as a pitcher I feel a little bit more confident that if I can just hold these guys to zero to one runs in this inning I know Aaron Judge he's coming up and you know whatever the first inning he's gonna come up again maybe in the third or fourth inning he's gonna help put points on this board and I think that's now where the twins are they have confidence in their batting so that should give their pitchers a little bit more confidence so no it's not too little too late in my opinion yeah, I mean, I think the, the acquisition definitely raises the floor of the pitching staff, gives them important depth. I just worry that they don't have an ace. I mean, a couple of years ago, yeah. I could trust Jose Barrios to go out there and, and just stop a team. 
Uh, Kenta Maeda, he's out this year with Tommy John. So I worry mm-hmm. that they don't have that high-ender. All right, yeah. you alluded to this guy in the first segment. The Bills extended Stephon Diggs four years, $96 million through the year 2027. There's talk of him retiring a bill. So things have clearly worked out pretty well for Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Things have also worked out pretty well for the Vikings with that first-round pick they got, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. So, Ron, I'll ask you the million-dollar question. At this point, who won the trade? I think they both won. Like, we keep going back to, like, somebody has to win. And it's like, like I you know, always say, like, Leo – or not Leo, um, uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet. You know, like one family doesn't always just have to win. You know, you look at Republicans and Democrats there. There doesn't need to be a clear winner all the time. Both sides can win. And I think in the Vikings build, you get Justin Jefferson and you got Stefan Diggs. The Vikings early on seem to be the winner because of money. You have a guy that's doing great. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL, you know, top three for sure. And he, you're not paying him a ton, but then you're going to have to pay him eventually. Whereas the Bills, the Vikings had Stephon Diggs and they were winning games. The Bills get Stephon Diggs and they start winning games. The Vikings start losing games. I say they weren't always losing before when Stephon was here. But that's the difference is like you, I don't know if it's just Stephon Diggs or just the mentality or what, but the Bills are finding ways to win games. It could be Josh Allen versus Kirk Cousins. I don't know what it is, but I would say they both won. Um, you said there's rumors. There is no rumor. Stephon Diggs tweeted himself. He wants to retire a bill. He's so excited. But the funny thing is the tweets up until this point, he was tweeting business is business, uh, you know, take care of yourself. I saw KJ Osborne tweet something about like at the end of the day, remember it's all about business. Stefan Diggs retweeted it or quote tweeted it and said, yeah, never forget that. Um, so you knew something was going on within the Bills organization because as a Vikings insider, we saw these tweets before when the Vikings and Stefan Diggs were talking contract. And then when the Vikings and Stefan Diggs were talking trades, um, that's where Stefan Diggs goes. He loves to tweet his emotions. Um, that's what happens when you're young. Uh, it's nothing wrong with it. Showing emotion, you know, being emotional in situations and talking yourself through it. That's his, that's his therapy. Twitter's his therapy. He gets it out there. Sometimes he's just talking about burritos and, 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 and washing feet and all that stuff. And then sometimes he's, he's serious. So that's the one thing about his Twitter is you can't take every tweet as, as football related because the guy tweets about everything. Um, in that aspect, Justin Jefferson never tweets. So in the Twitter, you know, angst, I guess I'll call it, the Vikings won because Justin Jefferson is not tweeting and confusing Vikings fans. So we won the Twitter receiver war. But as far as receiver to receiver, pick to pick, uh, I think it's a tie, money. I think the Vikings won that as well. So two to one, if I have to pick, I'd say go to the Vikings for uh, Twitter and money. Other than that, production, you got about the same guy in Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. And now with Kevin O'Connell, who's going to treat Justin Jefferson like Cooper Cup, we'll see. It could get scarier and scarier as it goes on. Yeah, there's there's almost nothing wrong with Justin Jefferson right now. He's kind of the perfect player. He's cheap. He says all the right things, does all the right things. He's unbelievable. Last one, bonus question. Uh, Tiger Woods, I think, is teeing off as we speak. So as the Masters begins, Ron, give me a quick champion. Who is going to win the golf tournament? Well, I mean, I'm going to pick one of the favorites. So I got to go with uh, Justin Thomas or Brooks Kepka. Uh, I like Brooks Kepka for the simple fact of how he, he and DeChambeau don't like each other. Like, that to me is TV. Like, I would love more interaction with those two if somehow 
uh, at some tournament one day, they put those two together again, because I don't know if it's because he swings too hard or every swing too hard. There's a conversation about his swing too hard, but Kepka does not like uh, DeChambeau. But uh, I will say I, I'm going to go Justin Thomas or Brooks Kepka just because they, you know, they, they've been kind of at the top. They're the odds on favorites. Um, a lot of people are putting their money on them. If you, I think it's 12 to one odds right now on Justin Thomas. Um, so it, it's worth it to do it. I, of course, would love to see Tiger and Sunday in a red shirt. Like I want to see Tiger out there coming down to the wire, having a chance to at least be in contention top four, uh, where he's, you know, two shots back or something so that every single hole matters and people are staring at Tiger Woods. And then he pulls off like a, a ridiculous Eagle shot from, you know, 280 yards out he sticks it you know inches from the cup and then he's putting for eagle like that's what i want on sunday so those are my two that's what i'm gonna go with all right i'm gonna take a sleeper will zalatoris he was second last year okay. i think he gets the job done this year and i'm gonna have to go figure out how to download uh espn plus so i can watch tiger for the rest of the day well thank you guys for joining me on the ron johnson show again uh, it was a great show. I want to thank Courtney Cronin. Tons of conversation about Bears Vikings. But you guys have a nice day. And don't forget, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.